New Vision is a church that places high value on Scripture. The Bible is made up of 66 books, and in this next portion, we're going to be going through a few of those books as a church family. We hope this tool encourages you and equips you to lead your life well. Thank you for joining us today. Hey guys, welcome to uh, today's podcast. Uh, hopefully you, uh, you're enjoying uh, reading and uh, listening, uh, uh, even looking at the book of Exodus each day. Uh, my name is Ray Moss, uh, pastor of the care ministry here at New Vision. Today's passage is from Exodus uh, chapter 32. We're going to look at just 1 through 15. And uh, it appears to be right smack dab in the middle of Moses being uh, that mediator of God's plan, his purpose, and really how they should live and bring glory to, to their creator, God, which is so unusual. But, uh, but, I, t- but today I'm reading from the New Living Translation, which is really new for me. I, I really enjoy reading from, from different translations, especially those that bring God's Word more into our daily language. Now, it shouldn't be your only translation, but it should really be one of several when you're trying to better understand a passage. So let's, uh, let's read from Exodus 32, 1 through 15. Now, when the people saw how long it was taking Moses to come back down the mountain, they gathered around Aaron. Come on, they said, make us some gods who can lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. So Aaron said, well, take the gold rings from the ears of your wives and sons and daughters and bring them to me. And all the people took the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. Then Aaron took the gold, melted it down, and molded it into the shape of a calf. Now, when the people saw it, they they explained, Oh, Israel, these are the gods who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Aaron saw how excited the people were, so he built an altar in front of the calf. Then he announced, Tomorrow will be a festival to the Lord. And the people got up early the next morning to sacrifice burnt offerings and peace offerings. After this, they celebrated with feasting and drinking, and they indulged in pagan revelry. The Lord said, to Moses, quick, go down the mountain. Your people, whom you brought from the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. How quickly they have turned away from the way I commanded them to live. They have melted down gold and made a calf, and they have bowed down and sacrificed to it. They are saying, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Then the Lord said, I have seen how stubborn and rebellious these people are. Now leave me alone so I'm so my fierce anger can blaze against them, and I will destroy them. Then I will make you, Moses, into a great nation. But Moses tried to pacify the Lord his God. O oh Lord, he said, Why are you so angry with your own people, whom you brought out of the land of Egypt with such great power and such a strong hand. Why let the Egyptians say their God rescued them from the evil intention of slaughtering them into the mountains and wiping them off the face of the earth? Turn away from your fierce anger. Change your mind about this terrible disaster you have threatened against your people. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You bound yourself with an oath to them, saying, I will make you descendants as numerous as the stars of the heaven, and I will give them all to this land that I have promised to your descendants and they will possess it forever. So the Lord changed his mind about the terrible disaster he had threatened to bring on his people. Then Moses turned and went down the mountain. He held his hands the two stones inscribed with the terms of the covenant. They were inscribed on both sides, front and back. These tablets were God's work. The words on them were written by God himself. 
Well, I'm going to stop there. And, uh, you know, I always like to look at the larger picture of a of a chapter first. What seems to be the big lesson? Well, to me, what jumps out is how quickly the people of God, after witnessing God's hand from the plagues to the Passover, the Red Sea, the provision of food and water, all the things that God has done, they suddenly, they have forgotten all this and actually turned to other so-called gods. If you remember a couple of weeks ago, when we were in chapter 20, Moses comes down from Mount Sinai and gives the Ten Commandments to his people. And the very first thing he says in verses 1 through 5, he says, I am the Lord your God. This is what the Lord said. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of land of slavery, who shall have no other gods before me. He's reminding them, again, his faithfulness. You shall not make for yourselves an idol in form of anything in heaven or in earth uh, or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. That's something to remember. Uh, God being the all-knowing <laughs> and knows this is going to be a problem, he reminds them again in the same chapter. If we go over to verses 22 and 23, and the Lord said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel. You saw for yourselves that I spoke to you from heaven. Remember, you must not make any idols of silver or gold to rival me. So not only have they forgotten God's faithfulness and presence, they've quickly forgotten his commandments. And let's remember also that his commandments are really to protect us, his children, whom he he loves. You know, breaking God's laws breaks God's heart because it hurts his children. God does not give us meaningless laws uh, just to make life difficult. It's not like... I think about meaningless fraternity initiations and rules, you know, that really mean nothing. His rules keep us safe. When we break the law, the law breaks us, as the saying goes. And even more important, the laws of teachers, Paul would say, to help us see our need for a Savior. Now, now Moses has been gone for at least 10 chapters, getting all these instructions from God himself. Now, how long that was, we're not sure, but the people had grown impatient, not the word used, but the word they in the Scripture says they saw how long it was taking Moses. Many lessons for us in this chapter, but I, I really want to zero in on what drove the Israelites to do such a crazy thing and to bring such rep- reproach on, on God's people. You know, the driver behind the golden calf is really impatience. Maybe fear since the leader is gone and left them. Isn't it, isn't it a bit funny how they refer to Moses? This fellow Moses, this guy, it's a way of doubting Moses and his leadership, his role as a mediator. Taking Moses down a notch or two makes it easier to look for something else. You know, if I were God, I, I, I would have omitted this chapter. How embarrassing from, from our perspective. God's chosen people and look at them, nothing more than pagan worship. And after all, that I've done and shown them, you know, I could just imagine God saying that, but God doesn't leave it out because it's it's really incredibly important for us today to see how quickly we can turn to other gods. You know, most commentators believe that the use of the plural word gods reflects they did not stop believing in God, but needed something in addition to him. They were not going back to Egypt at this point, but they certainly wanted to go back to the things that gave them comfort before uh, before, and that was the many gods of Egypt, and the calf was really central to those images. 
it's, it's really very similar to what we saw, uh, what we see in the garden with Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve didn't wake up that morning and stop believing in God. He had walked with them, talked with them, provided for them. Uh, maybe there was a time lag between Genesis 2 and 3, uh, but maybe impatience started to set in. We don't know that. But for whatever reason, we see that Adam and Eve allow themselves to believe the lie that God is not enough. You may believe in him, but you need something else. What God provides is not enough, and the fruit of the tr- this tree of knowledge and good and evil will just be an addition to God's provision. They, they had really no idea the cost of this decision. This impatience with God could cost them and all of mankind. You know, patience takes faith. Faith in God who has been faithful and promises to be faithful. King David, uh, in the midst of his persecution and waiting, he writes that great Psalms 27. Now, please take the time to read the entire chapter. It's so, so reassuring to him and even to us in these days. But he starts off with worship, which is what he does many times in the psalm. He says, the Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? And then we skip down to the end. And again, I hope you read the whole thing. He says, yet I'm confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I'm here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. What great, what great words. You know, impatience and the fear it brings can be given to the Lord, or we can devise our own methods of dealing with it. In counseling, we use the words coping skills. Paul would call that flesh, uh, really a self-directed life. That's, that's exactly what the Israelites are doing. The golden calf is nothing more than their coping skills for their impatience and fear of being without a leader. No, we don't melt our gold into calves, but I, I have other techniques and other little gods because I will use my gold for other things that bring me a false sense of love, of acceptance, of worth, and sometimes even security, just in case God doesn't come through. So here's my prayer for myself and you who are listening. Lord, make me like David of Psalms 27, trusting you, waiting on you, believing that you're enough to meet all my needs. Hey, thanks for listening today. I will uh, pick up on the rest of of, uh, chapter 32 tomorrow, and I hope you'll tune in for it. Again, thanks for listening. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow as we hop back into God's Word.